Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wendy's two for six dollars lets you mix and match some of our best items. Like <gasps> Dave Single with a 10-piece crispy nugs, medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich, spicy chicken with a Dave Single, Dave Single with a strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade, if you're into that. Chicken Sam, crispy nugs, crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade, Dave's, Dave's, nugs, nugs, Sam, Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price of participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's on the card only. Single item at regular price. There's no purpose in teaching anybody who don't really want to learn, who really don't want to get to it. Everybody want to play entrepreneur. They don't want the sacrifice that come with this shit. Hmm. True. Late nights, early Speak mornings. You're going to lose friends, lose girlfriends, family going to call you crazy, not going to believe in you, then you make it, and then everybody going to be like, I'm proud of you, let me get some money. What I've realized that wealthy people understand, mm-hmm. and people in general, it's the small concepts that you can apply to get wealthy. You don't got to be super smart and got to know all the intricacies of real estate or taxes or e-commerce or whatever, trucking, yeah. whatever yeah, it, it is. It's good if you want to be rich in that business, but yeah. you don't need to know that. You don't need to know everything. You just need to know small, basic concepts. Mm-hmm. And one of the smallest basic concepts that anybody can understand is get money by income. Mm. Get money by more money. I woke up feeling wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gonna break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can waste something food on place. What's good with it, my wealth builders? It is your boy, David Bellard. One of the founders of the Black Wealth Renaissance. We are back at it. Season five of the Black Wealth Renaissance podcast going crazy. Season five. Man, <laughs> yeah. that's crazy, dog. Bro, it's wild. Long ride. Happy yeah. New Year, man. Happy New Year, Happy my Happy New Year to how, you. How you feeling after the break, dog? I'm feeling good, man. Feeling recharged. But, uh, you know, life been been moving. Life been life, yeah, man. life is uh, changing for me right now. Moving from Dallas to Houston. I just ended up starting a new insurance adjusting job, so I've been kind of getting acc- acclimated to that and stuff like. Uh, so, just really adjusting right now, but adjusting and adjusting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a double entendre. <laughs> but yeah, um, life life is good though. It's growth. Big what about F-T. you, man? Shoot, man, same. Uh, moving, going through different phases, really locking in on twenty twenty three. Hey y'all, I gotta tell y'all about this guy with the moving. Oh, man. This, guy, this guy picked around Christmas time to move. <laughs> it was not ideal. It I was said, what's wrong outside. with this guy, man? It was cold outside. It was cold as hell. It was, it was not a great time to move, but the new place is lovely. It's amazing. I'm enjoying it. Um, it's good, man. Really locking in on just health and focusing more holistically on the person as I shared on the last episode of mm-hmm. last year. Actually start therapy tomorrow. Going to be going through that process. Hey, man, congrats. Yeah, I appreciate that, bro. Just kind of, again, working on this whole thing holistically, this life thing, man. And speaking of life, bro, we got a person who is educating mm. and sharing. Last time you had him on, he was talking about living your life by design. Yeah. And that's what we trying to do here, right? Like, we talk about finances, we talk about wealth, all these different things. But what is the purpose of it at the end of the day? It's to live the life that we want to live. live. yeah. And 
Man, I'm super excited about today's episode, bro. But before we get into it, y'all know what I got to ask y'all. Y'all please make sure y'all leave us that five-star rating and review. I need it. If you're on YouTube, make sure that you like the video, subscribe, share with somebody who can benefit from this information. Now, with that out of the way, got to get on here into introducing our great brother. So this man is an impact-driven financial freedom fighter who is doing the work, bro, like on every aspect, serial entrepreneur, single dad, uh, international real estate investor, and really just a brother who's pouring game into the community, as I mentioned, to help people learn how to live a life that they would love to live. Mm -hmm. uh, we have none other than Mr. Maurice Philogene. Mo, how you doing, brother? I am fantastic, man. Good to be back with you. What? Hey man, thank you for first coming time. back, dog. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, first, you first, first time was virtual time on the show. Yeah, first time in person. First time in person won't be the last. Nah. Will definitely not be the last because we'll keep evolving and we'll keep having stuff to talk about. That's the nature of it. Thanks. That's a fact. Yeah. That's a fact. But yeah, appreciate you for coming out, my Pleasure. brother. Thank you for flying out to Dallas. We're glad we could get you out here for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wish we had a little bit more time to go explore and just show you what the city has to offer. A lot of people be sleep on Dallas, um, but it's it's a hidden gem. I'm gonna just say that. Right on. Um, for the people who probably didn't listen to our first episode, can we just get a brief introduction, maybe like five minutes or less, of yeah. who you are and how'd you get to this current point in your life? Yeah, man. Um, so my name is Maurice Philogene. I like to. I'll start at the end. I always think starting at the end is better. I'm 47, happily 47. Um. I'm out of the W-2 world. I was a senior executive at a global consulting firm, Accenture, for 25 years, retired in, 20, retired in 2021. I was a lieutenant colonel and federal agent in my military service for the Air Force. I retired in 2019. I became a street cop in 2008, all at the same time. Uh, did that for 15 years, retired in 2021. And all along the time, I was always a real estate investor, specifically for the purpose of financial freedom, but we'll get into that. But I was always investing in real estate since I was 21 years old. Um, and I started a company called Quattro Capital three years ago, three, four years ago with four of the partners. We've done about $200 million worth of real estate since. And uh, the background matters, though. I'm a Haitian immigrant kid. My parents grew up in Haiti. I was born in Queens, New York, raised in Boston, came down to D.C. for University of Virginia, um, played football there, got a degree in mechanical engineering there, and then was in ROTC because I needed something to pay for school, you know. Um, but, yeah, man, that's the background, and, um, yeah, that's the background. Yeah, man. One of the so, biggest things I got from that is just, like, the time, the timeline, right? You kept on working for like 20 plus years oh, yeah. while building your real estate empire. I think that was really, really, really smart. <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, a lot of people kind of shit on the nine to five and mm -hmm. corporate and all that. And I, it's justified in a lot of cases. In my cases, it was not justified. I liked what I did. And you have to understand it's, it's not, there's nothing wrong with the nine to five. There's something wrong with the status quo of how we leverage it. Mm. We have a, we have a bullshit, uh, approach to nine to five thinking that we are in some cases entitled that we're supposed to get a role or a title or a certain salary or something. And the way that I approached it starting in 97, when I started working was let me get these two incredibly good paychecks and let me systematically invest them in real estate 
it was something that happened in my early 20s that led me down that path. But as far as I was concerned, I wasn't really chasing titles and roles and things of that nature as much as I was chasing freedom. So as long as I had those two paychecks coming in, mm-hmm. I was quietly building up a real estate portfolio in the background to the point where, so that's, I started in 97. I started investing in condos, paid them off over the years. By 2014, I bought 35. So that was a 14 year journey, 14, 15 year journey. Paid off 18 of those. Some of them appreciated. So I took the equity out of those that appreciated, paid off the other ones, added my paycheck. And I just kept going and going and going and going. And then that was 160 grand worth of passive income by 2015. I was 38, 37, something like that. I could have left. But to your point, why? Life is not about when you have enough money to cover your basic needs, you quickly figure out that life is not about money in the first place. My basic needs were covered, but I really enjoyed the experience of working, gaining all that corporate skill, briefing the head of the Portuguese FBI. Like, what, what am I going to do that in real estate? Or you have to go through a company to have those kinds of experiences or whatever it is you want to do out of life. So I just decided to keep working because all those paychecks was doing was throwing lighter fluid on the fire. Mm. It just kept going and going and going to the point where now, you know, it's like, I don't know how many. I've done maybe 30 apartment complexes now. and uh, It was never intended for that. It was always intended to secure freedom, but it was, I used the W-2 more than it used me, if that makes sense. I like sense. that. I like like that. that. The way you just broke that down, like the status quo of a nine to five, right? People think nine to five, they think rat race. Yep. They think I go to work, I do this job for 40 years and I get paid less than what I'm worth and all this, but instead of approaching it with that mentality, like you just said, you just use that W-2 as fuel to fuel, as fuel to fund your financial freedom. Uh, yeah. So I don't think anything's wrong with the nine to five. I think something's wrong with the bullshit way that we approach it or what we were told in school. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. We we were conditioned over 10, 20, 30 years of formal schooling that the job, when you get out, you're supposed to compete with all your peers and get as high as you can, and then you'll reach some kind of pinnacle. There is no pinnacle. There's nothing. If you really want to understand that, go do what I did recently. It wasn't recently. It was about a year ago. I heard Vaynerchuk say something, and I did it. Uh, you guys know I was a street cop, so I was always in uh, retirement homes, responding to calls and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I went and volunteered at one that I would always go have calls. And I sat down with um, a bunch of people, like banger people, like ex-CEOs, mothers of 10 kids, and uh, people who had started restaurants and stuff. None of them were talking about their titles and their money, and they were all talking about the shit that they didn't do. Mm. It's not money. It's not money. Here's what I have figured out over time. People don't necessarily want to be millionaires and billionaires. That's not what they want. What people actually want is the experiences that they think millionaires and billionaires have. That freedom to do those things. Well, they think it costs a billion dollars, but it doesn't. What it costs is time. If you can create time in your life, 
and you have just a little bit more passive income than you have expenses, you can go create all those experiences. So the fact that I'm here with you guys today, I slept in my house in D.C. last night. I, I know how to make the world smaller. I've created time in my life mm-hmm. by investing in real estate all those years. Now I have passive income. I know how to travel hack, right? Uh, travel in comfort for the least amount of money. I, I now know how to make you got like every time I talk to you, I'm in some other country somewhere, mm-hmm. right? I know how to make the world smaller. The world's very small to me. So when you're, when you're like, yo, come to the studio in Dallas, no problem. That's the same thing to me as walking down the street to 7-Eleven. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Mm. The world, it was never about money in the first place. It was about us like attacking freedom and going after our freedom and going after life experiences and things of that nature. So all those jobs and all the real estate and all the traveling that I've done to those 100 countries 300 times, that's so I can live we are supposed we are intended to live we are not intended to be on this planet to exist we're intended to be on this planet to thrive you just have to find your way to do it but in formal education what we're told is no you just climb the ladder and that's what's going to make you happy bullshit go to work mm-hmm. take those two pay paychecks systematically invest them buy assets with them create time freedom create a little bit of passive income Could you imagine if everyone focused on that for the first 10 years of work? Mm. Let's say the first 10 years of work is the goal is not to go be executive VP. The goal is to buy assets so that you can create enough passive income to cover your basic needs. So you have the choice not to go to work. It would be different, but that's not what we're taught, especially black and brown folk. But that's not what we're taught. I taught myself how to do all that. So it's a few things that I kind of want to get into from that. But the first thing is, you know, you're like, you got to a point where you're hitting $160,000 of passive income a year, but you decided to stay at the job. When do you know that enough is enough? Like, is there ever a feeling like, oh, once I hit this number, I'm going to relax? Or, you know, this is what is that? Is there a scenario like that? I think for a lot of people that happens. But in my case, I was enjoying what I was doing. Like I was getting, I think I just posted about this on LinkedIn this morning where I said, uh, I had a comp, this lady booked a one-on-one consultation call with me and she said, Maurice, uh, like you, you were a executive and a federal agent and all that stuff. And my career feels stuck. And I said to her, it's because the career highway, there's a traffic jam on it. Everyone is vying for the same position, the same title, the same certification, the same training class. Everyone's bumping into each other because it's crowded. Mm -hmm. The shit wasn't crowded for me because I was never competing for any of those things. I was just trying to get life experiences, fill my life book. So while people in my firm were going after partner, I was going after experience. So I 
ask someone if I could create a role by which I was doing all this stuff in all these other countries to get the experiences. I wanted the experience. And now, because I've had all those experiences worldwide, local too, but worldwide as well, all those relationships still pay me. Mm. I still see those people all all the time. So when you're like, why, why wouldn't you leave if you had the revenue? That's what I meant by you quickly realize that life was never about the money in the, in the first place. All these people that have money, you always see them still working. Why is Elon Musk still working? He's trying to do something, impact people, have experiences, be out there. It's not money, man. It's, it's impact the people and experiences. So, yeah, I stayed. I even became a street cop at the same time. And I think that's something that a lot of people in our generation they get lose sight of or yeah. Yeah, get misconstrued because yeah. a lot of times we're like, okay, I need to just make enough money to leave this job so I can do whatever I want. And a lot of times the whatever I want is the traveling, you know, the having fun. But they don't realize that life without purpose is meaningless. Yeah. Like, you're going to start to fill a void. The traveling, the trip is going to get old it after get a old. while. It will get old. Because yeah. we're put here to create an impact and to help create differences in everyone else's lives. Yeah. A lot of people lose sight of that. So that's why I ask that question. Yeah, they, they, they do lose sight of it or they just haven't hit the point in their life journey where it will present as something that in, that's important. It takes time to get there. Mm-hmm. I just think I had experiences in my early 20s that got me there earlier. That's all. I think that's the only difference. I, so you started you started working, you said, in 97, right? 97, I was 21. Yeah. So from 21 to what age did it take you to reach that point where you were like, okay, everything that my basic needs, they're met. I have the passive income that exceeds my um, my expenses. I really, you don't, it's not like you hit up. It's not like you just wake up one day and you're like, yo, I have enough money. But I realized that I was financially okay in 2014 because I, w- I was getting pay from, my co- from Accenture, my company, mm-hmm. but I wasn't using it. Like they paid me like six times and I hadn't even looked at my bank account. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, no, I'm actually okay financially. Because I was so used to being in the in the hustle and the grind and like every weekend painting and toilets and termites and tenants and like I was just in this rhythm for fifteen years. So you were managing your properties yourself. Y- yeah, to my detriment, I was until I made some changes. But I self managed. Uh, I self managed for like thirteen years. Which Why was you say to your detriment? Because brother. I had no time. <laughs> I had I had no time. And as I told you before, remember we we time is the is greatest the thing, asset. is the yeah. greatest asset. Okay, so I talk a lot about entrepreneurial depression and I think I talked to you guys you about this before. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was during See, I can speak to you guys now and I feel like I'm home. Cuz we're talking about topics that resonate with me or all of us in this room, right? But back in 97 or 2002, 2005, there was no podcasting and LinkedIn and Insta. And I think Facebook was just coming around. We weren't really connecting like this on these Mm -hmm. topics. So when I was going down this rabbit hole of going after all this property, I was doing it by myself. And I was doing it for life reasons, not money reasons. So I really didn't feel like I had anybody to talk to about it. So when the fellas was hitting it on the weekend, don't, don't get me wrong. I went out from time to time. Like I, I, 
but it's still I different of going out and being able to connect with somebody who actually understands what you're going through. Well, let's say for every five times the fellas went out, I went out once. Mm-hmm. I was constantly, so I would work for Accenture during the week. I would work for the police department at night, and then on the weekends it was all real estate, and I was pressing repeat for 15 years. That was a, a lot. But that's how much I wanted my freedom. That's a grind. I was not playing around. Yeah. And uh, finally I got to the point where I was like, wait a minute. Oh, we are, Steve Harvey talks about this quite a bit. We tend to be very tight. When, when you create something that's has value, we tend to be very tight with it and we want to hold it and protect it, right? So we don't want to hire things like property managers. Mm. But then I finally started to realize if I give up 10% of my revenue, I've gained back 90% of my time. Mm, that's major. And that changed everything. So uh, for the 2,000 units or so that I own now, I don't, man, I, I don't manage any of them. What I was going to say was there was one particular condo that I've owned since 2004. The guy who lived there has been with me since then. So I never got a property manager, mm-hmm. but he, I just sold it to him, which was a happy point for me. <laughs> Because uh, it was a brother, and there was no way he could afford anything in the area. I s- he bought the place he's always been living in, and I felt like I was a part of that. So that made me feel good. But in general, no, man, I haven't, I haven't managed anything on a day-to-day basis a year. My time is better spent looking for the next asset or looking for the next person to help. It's not uh, well spent if I'm cleaning floors with it or something. That's a really big point. I'm glad that you shared that. That's like not even just in real estate. That's life, business yeah. in general, where it's like, we, especially in our community, I think we have an issue with that where it's like we want to control every aspect of it. Yeah. That's something that we discussed on uh, whenever we were talking about the things we learned through 2022. It's like if you try to control everything, you're sacrificing so much more than you're gaining whenever Big you time. don't realize. And sometimes you don't realize it because you're going to lose your time. You're going to lose your health. <coughs> you're gonna, your mental health is going to suffer because you're trying to compress 10 people's work into one person. And that's not a viable or scalable way to do anything in no. life or business. It's not, it's not viable. It's certainly not scalable, but I will make one point about that. Investing is not about scale to me. Investing is about reaching a particular goal. Hmm. So when I coach, I coach people one-on-one when I coach them and they usually in lifestyle design, but real estate can be a part of it. I want to get into real estate. I want to do why? Like, what is the goal of what you are trying to accomplish? Because for certain people buying two pieces of real estate, three pieces of real estate might be more than enough Mm -hmm. for other people. It's 2000. Like for me, it's 2000. Right. But the person who bought the three pieces of real estate and paid for it over time and is now generating five grand a month, passive income and then lives in Thailand. They've met their goal. Mm -hmm. They don't need to scale. The mistake that people are making is they're following the Instagram path of everything. They got a bird. I got to get 30 units. Of in one course. Month. When it should be, what is the life goal that you're trying to accomplish and how does real estate support that goal? So I, I've, I've said in other interviews, I've had three real estate lives. The first real estate life was 97 or really 2002 to 2014. The single family journey. I told you mm-hmm. 35 single family homes, a bunch of them appreciated. I sold a bunch. I paid off 18. I had 160 grand of passive income. That journey was my financial freedom journey. That was the goal. I met it. The second real estate life, 2015 to current, when I moved into apartment 
complexes. Mm -hmm. That was more related to helping other people do what I did, but faster. So I have $75 million worth of investors who are doing what I did, but in a different way. So I will go syndicate apartment complexes. Like we just bought a $38 million, 240 unit complex in Houston. We closed it last week. I have 80 investors on that deal. I am helping them achieve, achieve their financial freedom. And then I'm getting money as a result of helping someone. So that's different. My third real estate life is the real estate development that I'm doing in the Mediterranean that has zero to do with money. Zero. It has everything to do with I'm a brother who grew up in Boston, uh, born in New York, grew up in Boston, or raised in Boston, uh, now living in D.C., but I wanted to have a different lifestyle before I punch off this planet. So I built relationship with someone. He happens to be a real estate developer. He also happens to be the husband of someone I graduated college with. So now I'm developing my third real estate complex on the island of Cyprus. It will make a lot of money, but that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I wanted to be a businessman somewhere else in the world and not be the brother that shows up from the United States who sits in the restaurant and just shows up and eats food. The typical U.S. tourist. The, the typical mm. shit. I want to be a known commodity and part of the community, right? So it, may, it meets that goal. And that's where everyone's getting all skewed, in my opinion, when they go after investing. Like, oh, let me get the most money. No, investing has goals and it may not always be financial. Hmm. Right? So the first journey was the financial freedom journey. The second journey was helping other people. The third is the development stuff that I'm doing in the Mediterranean. Of course, all of it's making money. It's actually, it's making way more money than I could have ever dreamed of, but only as a consequence of actually trying to help people or do something different. That's interesting that you say that. Cause it yeah. seems like, you make more money not focusing on making the money. You chase money, it runs. I think Pitbull said that, but you, you, or the first He's time. He's just I, like I an actual him. dog as well. You chase it, You ever it, try chasing a dog? But if you leave it, the dog will come running, run, running right after you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So I kind of just, um, <clears throat> on that second part of the journey, going kind of to that part we talked about where yeah. it not being such something where you control everything, right? You just mentioned that you had 80 investors. Mm -hmm. um, you own 2,000 units. Yeah. With that, somebody might hear 2,000 units. Man, he has 2,000 units individually. Uh, could you talk about how that works when you say that 2,000 units? Some of these are syndications, right? Oh, some yeah, of these yeah, are yeah, different yeah. types of deals. Can we yeah. talk about some I'll of those? I'll just steal that. So when someone says they own 2,000 or 5,000, there are people, like I have a, a friend of mine who legit owns 2,000 units. He has zero investors, which I wow. think is insane how he did it but in my case i syndicate apartment complexes so what me and my business partners do we will find people don't realize that apartment complexes need to be renovated every 10 to probably every 7 to 10 to 12 years if not every apartment complex would have green linoleum from the 80s right it, mm -hmm. it has to get re renovated so i'll find an apartment complex that can be renovated um we will buy it negotiate it buy it, get a portion of the revenue needed from the bank. So, I'll, hey, I'll walk through this Houston deal. $38 million, $26 million loan. We raised $17.2 million. Part of the $17.2 is to renovate the interior and the exterior. And what we'll do is commensurate to the value that we've created in the property, improving the interior and exterior. 
we'll, we'll slowly raise the rent. Okay. It will, it has to happen. It is a business, but I will not gouge people. What you want to do is you want to give people good quality, affordable housing such that they feel a sense of ownership of their home and they never want to leave. Give them the hardwood floor and the granite countertop or faux granite countertop, depending on the cost structure of it. Give them a good place to live. Go from 800 bucks a month to 1100 bucks a month commensurate to what's happening in the market, right? I know what's happening in Houston and what I can raise and what I can't raise. Um, but yeah, and then I have investors and my goal for my investors is to double their money within five years or less. Right now I'm on track. We've done six or seven full cycle deals and we've done that pace in two to two and a half years on every deal. So I'm proud of that. Oh. But we, you know, I always have investors. So when I say I own 2000 units, I own a portion of 2000 units but I want to also want to say it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> you own 2,000 units. Well, it, it, it doesn't matter from that perspective, but it also doesn't matter from a my goals perspective. I, I'm not trying to compete with someone who has 10,000 units. Mm-hmm. I could care less. I honestly could care less. What I care more about is, okay, how many apartments did I make better for families who are living in them who needed affordable housing? Because when the government does affordable housing, it's called projects. When I do affordable housing, it's called the beautiful complex. Mm. It's different. I want to do that. I want to be part of an answer. I'm, I'm achieving my own goal in that respect. So, uh, But no, you don't own them 100% outright, but I'd rather own 10% of this, 7% of this, 12% of this. Give you that time freedom like you were speaking about. And my property manager deals all that. I did see you say something about that, that $38, $38 million deal, right? Yeah. You said it was frustrating gave you joy and headaches saw it on the instagram post. oh when i made that yeah i know what you're talking so, about so yeah what brought on these ranges of emotion because people people well, hear yeah. your beginning of your story right like from 2002 up until 14 you're yep. doing all these properties yourself then you start the second journey where from four, 14 to now you're you know you're doing deals so they'll think you know hey he's got the experience you shouldn't go through some of these things. Oh my God, man. Well, I went through the 2008 financial cycle. I was a young, younger investor at the time. So this cycle that we're in is not new to me, but what is new to me, even though I know it was coming, we're in this weird inflationary period Mm -hmm. where think inflation is happening. So when inflation happens, interest rates are going up on these loans and lenders. This is very different from a a lender of like a res, like a home you're going to buy. It's Mm -hmm. very different. So if I'm borrowing $26 million, the lender has to go to its committee of investors to get things approved. It's like a different underwriting process. It's a totally Hmm. different thing. It's a totally different thing. But as interest rates have gone up, lending starts to like freeze and dry up. Well, when it freezes and dries up like that, then the lender who we had a deal with came back to us and said. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cut off? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, we're going to change that deal. We want you to now pay us. Th- so maybe instead of paying 5%, on that 26 million, maybe they want me to pay in aggregate 7% on that 26 million. 
But across 26 million, you're taking my investor returns down. I am responsible for 90 people's dreams. Mm. That ain't money that they're investing. It's not money. It's all the life energy they put in at work to go get it. And 2% on that scale is a whole lot different than 2% on another. It is massive. So lender backs out. They come with new terms. We say no. Now we have to go find another lender while keeping 90 investors at happy and okay. Making sure they're not like, well, I just want my money back. Type yes. Thing, right? it, like so many pieces can fall apart. And I even throw in there yet to keep the seller happy. Because mm. they need their money too. They, they need prob- their money too. They probably go and try to buy a bigger unit themselves. Well, they, they, I know the seller. They had a deal on the backside waiting for the funds from this sale to go do their next purchase. Right. Not to mention there was about a million dollars of earnest money that was on the table and half of it was mine. Those that don't earn this money that if the deal don't go Not through, refundable you, player. It's, you're gone. It's gone. It's gone if it doesn't go through. So that deal, we went under contract in May. We should have closed in October. We closed on December 27th. The level of st- that post that two, I made two was was. Ooh. I needed to write just out of therapy for myself mm. of I care about my investors so much because they all, tra- every single investor I have has my cell phone number. I don't care. Like Elon Musk isn't taking my call, even though I invested in Tesla, but all my investors can reach me at any time for any reason, any time, any point of the day. I feel responsible and I want that level of responsibility, but it does weigh on you sometimes. But again, back to goals. If I want to be an answer for affordable housing, and provide something to community, then you have to be willing to take on a serious amount of responsibility at that level to do it. So, you know, I'm willing to do it. How'd you learn? How'd you get into your syndication? How'd you learn how to uh, navigate that market? You remember when I said I went into the second real estate life? Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. was 2014, 15. And I said my basic needs were covered. Well, this is exactly what I mean, fellas. My basic needs were covered, and I was still pressing repeat on the single-family stuff that I was doing. I wasn't learning anything. Mm. I was just going, going through the money. Motion. I was just going through. Because I was good at it. Like, uh, this is what I mean, that life is not about money. When you have enough money to cover your basic needs, you quickly learn life is not about money because I wasn't growing anymore. I was literally the guy making money and just sitting there. It's terrible. It's a terrible feeling. So what I did was I pivoted. I was like, I need a new challenge. And the new, I I shit you not, uh, Facebook and Instagram, they all, Zuckerberg's listening to us right now (laughs) through our cell phones. Because in 2015, I said something out loud. And then a day later, there was an ad in Facebook about (laughs) uh, a multifamily seminar. I'm the type of guy who will just do shit and course correct along the way. I don't have analysis paralysis. I never really have. If I want to do something, I just, I went to the, that course, sat down for seven minutes, walked out, paid 3,800 to go to the next one, went to the next one like three months later, walked out, got my savings, paid 50 grand for a, a mentor. It took me two years to do my first deal. I finally did it. And now I've done 30 deals since. Yeah. That's how it all started. But it came from 
a desired interest to go after an uh, a, uh, a genuine interest to go after a new challenge, life challenge, business challenge. Um, and then I am very good at understanding that we need to lean into self-education. We'll pay a hundred grand for a music degree at a college, but we won't pay 50 grand to go sit by billionaires. I, I don't understand it. I do. I, this year alone, I was, I have had to pull this up, uh, cause I had to do my taxes this year alone somewhere around 170 grand in self-education. Well, good. I'm I'm further on in my career where I can afford it. Mm-hmm. When I when I didn't have money, it was the library. Mm-hmm. The first real estate deal I ever did, I just got a book from the Fairfax County Virginia Library and I took it to the closing table and I did the deal. If you don't have the money, you have you got to use the time. And if you have the money, you can use that money to leverage, buy the, leverage that money to buy the time. From someone who's yes. done it already. I pay for people's time a lot. <laughs> a lot. It just cuts through the red tape now. But when I didn't have the money, I was in the library. And what people are doing now is they're jumping on Instagram and LinkedIn and they're reading a post and they think they know everything. Hmm. You don't know shit. Sorry. You have an idea. If you really want to know something, go pick up a book. You know what a book does for everybody? Someone wrote that book and was able to distill down something that they've done over 20 in the course of 20 years in 300 pages. They're telling you what to do. All you have to do is stop chasing the shiny ball for a minute, read what it says, do it exactly, immerse yourself in it, become a master at it, and then you can get something done. It's literally in a book. Even if it's not the best book, just like I told you, my process on a single family wasn't good. It was slow. It was inefficient, but it was fucking effective. It was Mm. effective. People don't read books anymore and follow books. But the way that I cut through the red tape now is I pay for experts time, learn what they did or ask questions, and then I'll just go do it. I appreciate you saying that too about the current environment with education and social media, right? So we're an educational platform. We put out information and it's baffling to me to see the amount of people that think that they're going to get all the information they need to do anything from yeah. a minute and 30 second clips on social media. Like, well, Man. they didn't tell me this. They didn't that tell sh- me that. That should be <laughs> funny <laughs> as hell, dog. And it's like, bro, this is a minute and 30 seconds. Go this, read a damn book. This <laughs> process book. probably took somebody six, seven, eight, nine months to complete. And you're expecting it to be condensed in this little microwavable piece of content it's impossible it's impossible to learn yeah. that type of information in that little piece of time like you just said you have to take that time to educate yourself and if you don't have the money to spend to get the somebody who's been there and done that to teach it to you take the time to read a book yeah half the time you can get them for free yeah or less than 30 dollars and you can get some real valuable information but like you just said people want that shiny object uh i know we're kind of going through a shift in the environment right now when it comes to online products and courses and things like that. And I think those have value, right? To a degree. But so many people with the shiny object is how many people were teaching courses where it was like, wow, somebody just taught this to me and I ain't never really did it, but I'm just going to teach it. I have to tell you something about the online environment. I'm in the online environment. Mm -hmm. I coach one-on-one via my website and people reach out to me for consulting calls via my website. That's revenue. That's not an asset. Oh, excuse me. It is an asset in that it brings in revenue, but it's not a persistent asset. Mm-hmm. Meaning, so 
I'm the product. People want my knowledge, so they will pay me to get my knowledge, and I'm very happy about that. But I will quickly take the representation of that value, which is a piece of paper money, which is fiat money, and go put it into real estate because real estate is a persistent asset that will pay you forever or do something for your family forever. What people are missing, especially our community, is that when you make money, you need to really consider putting that money into something that will persist forever. People are making gobs and gobs and gobs of money on this online stuff or YouTube channels and whatever, but they are missing the fact that they've not built the skill set to maintain it or to multiply it. They got to put it into something that will maintain it or multiply it. That's why I love real estate so much because I know that money is stuck in the four walls. Even if someone doesn't value those four walls, someone needs it to live in it. So they're always going to value it in some way. So I'm grateful. Yeah, you're absolutely right. People can make money hand over fist online, and they are 100%. But what I encourage people is like, there's going to come a day that you either don't want to or can't make money that way. Then what? That's why financial self-education and lifestyle design is so important because everyone's making money. It's just like guys in the NFL. You got a product. What happens when no one wants your product? Now you got the lead. Now you cut from the roster. You got to... That's why I've loved real... There's other things, but that's why I've loved real estate so much because not only can you maintain and multiply wealth, you can also provide a great place for someone to live well, like, and be a service to the community while you're doing that. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's cake and eat it, too, from my perspective. What's good, my wealthy people? Are you a small business owner looking for funding to grow and expand your operations? Are you tired of all the business credit gurus promising big results and then under-delivering? Here at Black Wealth Renaissance, we understand the unique challenges Black business owners face when it comes to securing funding. And that's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Uleverage Capital to provide comprehensive funding solutions to Black business owners. Our team of experts at the Business Credit Suite have the knowledge and experience to help you find the right funding options for your business. With the Business Credit Suite, you'll get access to a powerful software that walks you through the process step-by-step to guarantee that you're going to get the funding options that are best for your business. And on top of that, you're gonna have a team of dedicated agents to give personalized advice to you to help you grow your business. What are you waiting for? Visit blackwealthrenaissance.com funding today and take the first step in securing the funding that you need to grow your business and succeed as a black business owner. That's, that's, that's real good. I'm going to get into one of my next ones. I wanted to talk about the travel hacking, right? Yeah. You did mention it. Yeah, you mentioned it earlier. It was something that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, Can you give us the concept (laughs) of travel hacking and how you use it, you know, to amplify your life? Yeah, amplify my life is, is the right phrase. I have been able to for my own life and for other people who have kind of tapped into my thought process about it and come with me and stuff like that plug into planet and life as intended that's not an easy concept to absorb in a quick conversation but when i tell you that i've experienced stuff around the world uh i go to places that 
people couldn't even fathom, right? And build have built relationships with people that built relationships with people that I could never have fathomed. And a lot of it has come from travel hacking. And the way that I define travel hacking is traveling in the most amount of comfort for the least amount of money. I'm not talking about scarcity, brother. I know where uh, damn near most showers are in lounges across the world and stuff like that. Because when I travel, I want to know that I'm in max comfort. It's really an art form. It's not like you're going to read a book and all of a sudden become a travel hacker. It Over time... I've gotten so good at it. like, um, But my basic framework is I got a business life and a personal life. My business life is funneled through one United Airlines card. My personal life is funneled through one United Airlines card. You should be loyal to the airline that has a hub in your city. Mm. Or be loyal to the airline that goes to places you want to go. So for me, I'm technically based Washington, D.C. That's dull, that's uh, United Airlines. And I'm always in Europe and the Mideast. So it's wonderful for me because United Airlines is part of the Star Alliance family with tons of, a ton of airlines that go to the Mideast and Europe. So I can pretty much get anywhere in the world within eight hours, right? So I funnel my life through United. I'm a member of all these clubs, et cetera, et cetera. I know that if I'm in the Frankfurt airport and I'm not – and I get off of a United plane, I can go to the uh, Air Canada Maple Lounge because they will honor a particular status that I have or something like that. But I also know how to get tickets for free. I'm usually generating one or two business class tickets every four to six weeks or so because I do spend a lot of money on a business level or what have you. But when I didn't have money or when I wasn't doing this amount of business, what I was doing was, like when I went to the Finland five times in a year, I bought tickets to Finland on the cheap through orbits like seven months in advance. The reason why I did it is because I knew if I didn't use it, I could just use it as a credit on the next one anyway. Mm. So what I did was I would challenge my, okay, I got to Finland. I got to Helsinki this time for 700 bucks round trip. I'm going to challenge myself to get there for 600 bucks the next time. And I just got good at it. Good at it so much that it would be a Wednesday or a Thursday in DC. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to get on a plane tonight. I'm going to go to Turkey and I'm going to read a book for a couple of days. I'm going to come back. It just opened the world. Like the way we run down and go to Dave and Buster's to go play games. I'll roll out to Frankfurt for the weekend to get a, a dinner, which may seem like, man, that's extraordinary shit, but it's only extraordinary because people don't do it. Mm-hmm. This is where the whole concept of try life on comes in that I've been talking to you guys about. It just takes practice. I'm so good at it at this point. It's not extraordinary to me to just pop up, let's say, in Beirut and go hang out with with some people that I know at 16 millimeter bar in in the Jamesa neighborhood. I know them. It's so easy for me. And that came from a love of the world and want to experience things and build relationships with people. And the skill skill set that I developed over time was travel hacking which makes the world smaller. So you can go from here to Arlington, like my man, that's 30 minutes. That seems normal to people. But for me, it's very normal to get on a plane and roll out to London for a night. Travel hacking. It just makes the world smaller. So to come here, to come see you guys for the day, I'm like, yeah, no problem. 
So I kind of want to go deeper into the travel hacking, right? Yeah. How does that experience of the world change your outlook on things? And how does it <clears throat> make you appreciate life more? Oh, my God, brother. I, 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 I wish on people they could have the experiences and emotion of human interaction that I have had. Black folk, brown folk, yellow folk, white folk, red folk, blue folk. The native Swami people of Arctic Finland. Y'all know about them? Never heard I of them a day in my life. I do. And I've sat down with them quite a bit. Because they've had the same trials and tribulations that Native Americans have here, but no one knows about them. Mm-hmm. So when I read a book about them, I was like, what is this? I don't know nothing about this. And every time I find out something around the world that I really am interested in, I don't wait. I go. That's how it's changed me, man, because there's so much out there to experience. And when all of us was growing up, everything that everybody told me was, all you got to do to be happy in life is have sim- get symbols of wealth, right? Like get the Mercedes, get the sneakers, get the get the beepers at the time. At the time, like that. I'm aging myself. We used to get beepers and shit like that. It was never that, actually. It was actually human interaction and learning about shit that we know absolute. I know Boston, D.C., and New York. I'm not going to learn something new right now. But I am going to cer- learn something new if I go. I, I want to get up to Oslo, Norway, because I've never been there. I want to experience life. And the more that I get out there, and it all started when I was 15 years old. I went to, my dad sent me to Paris, France, to stay with a family that had stayed with me the previous summer. I'm a French Like speaker. an exchange student Yeah, exchange type of- student. His dad did the best thing for me that could have ever happened, and, I, and I'm so humbled and grateful by, uh, for this man. He took me and his son, and he rode us around France for 30 days in an old 83 stick shift Range Rover. This is in 1990. This, I'm just a knucklehead kid from Boston at this point, all right? It changed me. French funerals, French castles, French wine, French wedding, French girls, French weed, French booze, French everything. French food. And I got back from that trip and I was like, uh, the world is a lot bigger than Boston, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. The emotions that I had on that trip, I'm like, I don't know how to do that again, but I need to do that again. That was the first, because I told you there were two events. That, w- that was the first thing that happened to me when I was young. And then the second thing that happened is I found personal finance for dummies when I was 21. So the first thing, the travel to France was when I was 15. I found the book Personal Finance for Dummies, which led me on this financial journey and real estate and all that when I was 21. Then it clicked. This is what clicked. And in answer to your question about travel, I found passive income or the concept of passive income. And it dawned on me, oh, I can actually create revenue without having to be somewhere, which means I can go back to when I was 15 and go travel the world and have all those experiences again. It clicked that I life could be was more than just getting a job, doing the nine to five, running the streets of Boston. It clicked, so I've just never stopped traveling ever because I want as much experience as possible. And it's not that I want to see every country; that's not the case. It's just you know you want to experience everything life has to offer before it's time to punch off this planet. So. 
that's where the, the travel comes in and the travel hacking just enables all that. I am constantly finding ways to do different things with different people and mm. that's where it comes in. Did those you different, have, those different experiences, dancing those emotions. So yeah, I, I did actually have something else that I wanted to go into yeah. um, just with time, right? So balancing time and managing time. So yeah. I know you mentioned uh, you now that you're retired, I'm sure that gave a good bit of your time back to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But between business endeavors, life and travel, just managing time. Cause I would like to just speak about that. I feel like people often think we don't have <laughs> enough time to do things. So how does, how does that all balance out for you and work? We all have 24 hours in a day. We mm-hmm. have to sleep eight of it. So that's one third of our life. So we have two thirds of the time left. People have time. They don't lack time. What they lack is commitment to self. Mm. I was committed. I still am committed. So when people were rolling out on the weekends and things of that nature or whatever, my 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 game time was for is is still four a.m. I'm usually up at four a.m. It's four a.m. to eight a.m. That's four hours a day, five days a week. That's twenty hours, eighty hours a month, nine hundred sixty hours a year. I was always working on the side hustle four a.m. to eight a.m. 960 hours a year if you get up at 4 and work till 8 before your family even gets up. That's 5.14 weeks. Don't tell me you don't have time. Mm. If you add another 4-hour block on Sunday and Saturday, Saturday and Sunday, that's 8 weeks. It's 2 months that you've created. Don't tell me you don't have time. You have time. You just aren't committed. You're not committed to it. I saw um, a video. So people are like, well, how are you how are you working full-time as an executive than being a street cop at night full-time, then building a real estate business, then being a dad? Because I was committed to it. I'm still committed to it. I got up to come here. I was up at 3.30 this morning. I worked on real estate shit before I even got on a plane. Committed to it. I want to impact community. I showed up. I'm committed to it. What I don't do, when I coach people, I talk about the productivity pyramid there's something called brown time, light green, dark green, gold. I won't get into the whole thing, but br- oh, we I talked was, about I this. Like, I kind of want to ask about it. Some more. No, <laughs> All right, well, I'll tell you. Pyramid. Productivity pyramid. It's just a pyramid, okay? Brown, light green, dark green, gold. Mm-hmm. We want to live in the green, but most of us are living in the brown. The brown is the bullshit. I saw. I was in my head. I was like, that's that all like shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's the bullshit. It's what we do. We binge watch Netflix. We go out. We spend our resources that we shouldn't be spending money, right? You're going, case in point, when I was in corporate. That's why I never went to the networking events. It was brown time. It was people going to kiss ass so they can maybe get a chance at might being promoted two years later by kissing some executive's ass. Mm-hmm. I hated that. I liked working, but I wanted to impact people and do things the right way. I needed that time to be in the green space where I was building business and and building relationships in other areas of my life, right? We spend so much time in brown. I don't have time. Yeah, but you just binge watch Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime for three days straight. I don't have time. That's a fact. Yeah, I don't have time to go to the gym. Then why aren't you up at 5 a.m.? I'm too tired. Well, then why did you stay up drinking the night before? Mm. That's you. And you know what? Maybe I'm not the, I'm not, I'm not Kobe. Let's say Kobe, right? Kobe always talked about, I I love this from him. He always talked about how he would get up, he would go to the gym, he would work out from 4 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. He would come back home, eat breakfast, da-da-da. 
And then he'd go back to the gym at 11 and work out till 1, shooting hoops. Go back home, da-da-da. Go back to the gym again, 4 p.m., 6 p.m. So he had three workouts in a day when other people would have one workout in a day. How great was he? One of the greatest of all time. They could never catch up to him because he had he was putting in so much work. So when people are like, you don't have time. You're spending too much time in the brown you, time. You're way too much time in the brown. Well, you should be in the green. Light green is the stuff that we have to do that's necessary, which you can automate or get rid of. Like, I don't cut the grass anymore. I don't go to banks anymore. I use apps and things of that nature. That's the stuff that has to get done, but you can outsource it or automate it. The dark green is where you want to live. Dark green is the stuff is the money maker. I need to be here, money maker or impact maker. Mm -hmm. This is dark green for me. I know that you guys are going to impact people with my knowledge and information. I want to be a part of it. Or I want to speak to my investors. If I have 10 investor calls and four of them result in $400,000, that's dark green time. I don't have time to spend in the brown when I need to be in the dark green. And then the last one is the gold at the top of the pyramid. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Which is the things that speak to your heart, the stuff that you love to do, like travel is that for me, or going to the Arctic is that for me, or whatever. You just got to understand where your time is being spent and start to shift it. But that's where it comes from. Um, you can do that. You can make a conscious choice about your time. Like that, the productivity like that pyramid. Too. Don't spend no time in the brown. That's the shit time. I don't like that. Uh, the shit time. Mm. Yeah. Um, so we can get into our final questions of the uh, right. show. Cool yeah. deal. Yeah, we reached so, the time. Maurice, um, first question, my favorite question to ask, what are you currently doing with your money to ensure that you'll never go broke again? Oh, that's interesting. It's not possible for me to go broke because I'm not competing with anyone or chasing anything. And this is what I mean. Remember the first real estate life where all those single families, they're probably worth like $3 million today-ish. I keep getting the question, did you sell them? Or why wouldn't you sell them? Like, why don't you trade up? It's, why would I trade freedom? Mm. Those original properties from 2014-15, still pay for my life. Hmm. I'm still living off the original stuff. But we have this thing that we do where we're constantly trading up. I'm not going to trade freedom. You've achieved a life goal. paid what? out free and clear. 100%. I just paid off this car. Let me go get a new one. 100%. Why would I do that? I understand sometimes people do it related to goals. I get it. But my goal was to secure my life so I could go have experiences and build relationships with people. I'll never be broke again. It's not possible. And my money blueprint and DNA is totally changed. My parents were savers. I'm an investor. <coughs> when I get a dollar, I need it to go out there and make two or three friends and come back in a couple of years. That's it for yours? Yeah. 
Okay, my first question is: oh, Are you fuck? He, he, he got three. He, <laughs> he be loading. <laughs> my first question is: Are you frugal or are you a flexer? Am I frugal or am I a flexer? Uh, I don't think I'm either. I'm not a flexer because I still drive my 05 Infinity that's been paid off for years. Sheesh. Um, the one thing I do spend money on is comfort. So yes, I travel hack, but if I if it's not possible, I'm going in business. My comfort is not to be sacrificed. We are on this planet to be in abundance, man, and I'm not I don't want to sit in the back no more. <laughs> like, I work I, my butt off to I, not I, like I I want the big chair and stuff. But I will pay for experiences. I don't pay for crap. I, I'm not a commercial guy. I don't, I'm not worried about brands and all that crap. I, no, I'd rather go invest in the brand or something. But I'll pay for experiences, though. I'll be the first one on a plane going somewhere. Hmm. Okay. My second question is, how are you <coughs> protecting the things that you're doing to pass down generational wealth? to your sons behind you? That's the right question. Because, I, again, I live off of the original portfolio. I'm not living off of any of the bigger stuff that I've been doing. What I tell people now is, and I, and I know my trajectory, I know that by the time I pass away, I'll be in the nine-figure space. I know how I'm going to get there and when it's going to be. But I'm doing that all for my kids and society at this point. But the only way you can do that you have got to give your family its own version of financial education so they understand what it means and, and why. Mm -hmm. So both of my kids know what passive income is. Both of them know what assets are. Both of them know what liabilities are. And both of them know that my dad, when he grew up in Haiti, didn't have shoes. And because he got a formal education and came to the U.S. and was a teacher, he gave me a shot, and then I built on that, and then I built a different financial blueprint in my mind and stuff. So I'm giving my kids a certain financial education around real estate. I don't know if they're going to take it over because I've given them two responsibilities in life. They don't have to go to college. I went to college. I got my master's, and if my, my oldest did go to college. If my youngest doesn't want to, he doesn't have to. He has two responsibilities. One, he has to learn how to make money grow. That's it. If you can learn it from me or you can learn it from somebody else or you can learn it in this tech thing that's happening, that's up to you. But you have to learn how to make money grow as one, and the other one, you have to be happy. You don't have to go chase everything that everybody else is chasing and stuff like that. But the way that I can protect it is by teaching him and then putting him in a situation where he can take on what I built and create something more with it. But... I'm just not living off of it. I'm I'm living off the original stuff. Anything that I'm doing now is for legacy and society purposes. That's what's up. Last question. Do you have life insurance? <laughs> yeah, I got life insurance. Like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got these properties. <laughs> Actually, it was on you guys' show. It was your show that pushed me to do something. When I saw you had a, you had a guest on and the brother was talking about the Blank, blank, die. Oh, uh, Chris, buy, borrow, die. Buy, borrow, die. Now, I already had my policies in place 
but it dawned on me that I needed to make changes after I saw him say that. So what we're talking about is uh, he was like, buy assets, buy apartment complexes, whatever you want to buy, borrow money against them. As you get older, leverage them fully. Like instead of having 50% leverage, have 90% leverage. Because by the time you pass out and move on to the next phase of your journey, your insurance policies will pay for it anyway. And that stuff will just go, just go get away. Get the kids, get the assets. My friends, we, I, I know a lot financially, but I still think I know like 6% of mm-hmm. the rules of the rich. Like every time I go to a conference and I meet some, I, I know f- three or four billionaires now. And I know maybe like 12, 15 people who are in the 100 million or more range. Every time I get around them, I learn something. And I'm like, what did you just tell me? Okay, you okay, yeah, hold on. I'm glad you're bringing this up. To you, you said you felt like you knew 10%. And now with I, I more feel like I, lo- I, I feel like I work. Wild. I know less. Because every single time I feel like I've gotten to some pinnacle. This, I, I am, you guys are proving my point. Or maybe I'm proving my point to myself. Life is not about money. There is knowledge to be gained. And life is this game of. Let's go learn something and go do something with it. Mm. And the more I accomplish stuff, the more I realize I have so much more to accomplish, which is why I never stop moving. Which be like, you tired? Why don't you just chill out and enjoy it? No, I love this stuff so much. And I love getting around. It doesn't have to be money related. I love getting around people who can teach me something. And every time I get around a billionaire or a decamillionaire or a hundred millionaire or something like that, they tell me something financially and I'm like, how did you do that? I'll just ask the question. And nine times out of ten, successful people want to share what they know. I'm glad you're saying they that. They don't so, want to go with it. What do you think I'm doing here? I, can, you, can you share with me one thing that a billionaire has taught you that's not commonly known? Yeah. And it would seem to be self-intuitive that people would pick up on it, but it's not. People are your scale. You have to find your superstars because superstars are people that you can't teach. They just get it. So for Quattro Capital, the company that I started, we have several superstars. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I've been able to do 30 apartment complexes in less than three years is not because of me. It's because I was able to find certain superstars, not only my business partners, but two or three, maybe four what we call alliance partners, they are so motivated. I would just rather share with them. I didn't go find this $38 million deal. I didn't find it. I signed the papers for it. But they expanded my personal empire and the empire of all my investors. It's people. So when you find superstars, you pour into them. Mm. Like everything you've got, Knowledge, resources, you push them to be great because all that does is trickle down to you and you become better. It's not about you. You know, this thing, um, people get so, I talked about it, people being very tight about things. Man, I don't want to own 100% of a grape. I want to own 5% of that watermelon, 12% of that cantaloupe, 2% of this thing, 3% of that, da 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 da. But the only way I can go do that is to send farmers out there to go grow that stuff. Ooh. 
I like it's, the it's people. But it's it hard. but it but it's in a but it but it's like in a that. it's in a uh uh a healthy mm-hmm. a very healthy way. It's if I sign papers for this person because I trust them, they have integrity and they have the value system that I have. They will go out and find this apartment complex or that thing that I'm doing in in the Mediterranean or this thing that I'm doing in media now, it's certain certain people. I am investing in those people and taking risk in those people because I see something in them that's going to do some amazing shit. And that's what I got from this one particular she, which is even better, one particular billionaire. She's like, it's not you, Maurice, it's people. Go find the people. So I'm always spending time with people. You say, why are you always around the world, man? You just always on vacation. Okay. I'm not just out there kicking it by myself. I want people. I want to be around <laughs> extraordinary people. I want to get into this shit, boy. We, we can't. <laughs> this is going to be, your ass is coming back. <laughs> I just want you to know that. Uh, episode three, we're going to talk about how we find those people. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, Maurice, man. yeah. Definitely want to say thank, thank you, you so much brother. for joining yeah. us, man. Appreciate you coming and blessing us with the knowledge and just perspective. Like, I really do appreciate your perspective. Um, I think it's very refreshing to talk about it in this way. A lot of times in our community, we get caught up on the money and running the play and doing these things. Yeah. It's like getting back to the purpose and then really broadening that horizon. So I really do appreciate you. Yeah, coming I feel on. like it's a great way to start the year. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Number one, hey, season five getting kicked off. I don't, I don't know what y'all thought this was, but we come back with more pressure. <laughs> you know but, it. Uh, Mo, man, before we let you go, can you please other people where they can follow you? Yeah. How they can tap into anything that you have going on? Um, I had another question too. I'm going to leave it be. I'm going to leave yeah, it be. Just, write that shit down. See, <laughs> next, next episode. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, brothers. I I. And and I'll and I'll say it real quick before I even talk about me because it's not about me. The reason I flew in just for this, and I'm gonna go catch a flight in an hour back, travel hacking, uh, is because you guys are doing such a service to the community to expose them to this kind of information. Because that entrepreneurial depression that I was talking to you guys about back in the day, that was just me going to the library constantly on my own, having to read. Like I just got enthralled about financial information and life information. What you guys are doing is you are keying people towards it. I love that. I'm grateful for you guys. You're changing people's lives. You may not see it every day, but instead of going this way, you're like you're you're moving someone's vector this way, and it's going to change them. So that's why I was willing to get on a plane and come down and be a part of it. Um, I do have my own platform called Try Life On. Website is trylifeon.com. Right now it's one-on-one coaching. I do some consultative stuff. I do coach people in real estate and what have you, but it's mainly about lifestyle design because I help people build lifestyle they don't need a vacation from. I don't take vacations. I just live very much so. And I figured out many ways to do that. There'll be podcasts related to that. There'll be media projects related to it. So people can find me at trylifeon.com. Typical social media platforms, LinkedIn. I'm super active on LinkedIn uh, because I came from corporate life and I want people to see that they could leverage it. There's nothing wrong with corporate or being a street cop or whatever or military the way that I was, but leverage it, please. Status quo is not a problem. How you leverage it is a problem. Mm. You can catch me at LinkedIn, just Maurice Philogene. Instagram, uh, yes, I am all over the world and I plaster that stuff on Instagram so people can actually see 
If you've never heard of the Turkish Republic of Northern Cyprus, it's not even a recognized country by the UN, but I've been there 13 times. It's like living in Narnia. I think I live in Narnia because it doesn't even exist, but it kind of does exist. That stuff is on um, Instagram. And then Quattro Capital, I have to put a shout out to it. It's a company that I started four years ago. The website is thequattrowayway.com. Uh, we syndicate apartment complexes. I do help a lot of people get into apartment complex investing through that platform. And if it's even if it's your first, sometimes we'll drop minimums just to get people into the rhythm of it. So that's Quattro Capital. And then, yeah, man, just track me down. I am always talking to people as much as possible. And again, whatever you guys need me for, you just shoot me a text and I'll be there. Appreciate it, my brother. Um, So I want to get into some house cleaning. I want to say thank you to all of our listeners. Appreciate y'all for tapping in with us at the beginning of this year. Uh, It's going to be a great ride. We have a lot of things in store. um, And whenever we got everything solidified, we're going to be announcing it. But we got a lot of things. Appreciate y'all for rocking with us. I can't believe I forgot to mention it earlier. Y'all, we having our first event of the year, January 28th. 28th, yes. January 28th. Shout out J. Cole. That's birthday. If y'all listen to J. Cole, y'all know we listen to J. Cole. This this is J. Cole, niggas. I ain't going to hold you. But uh, um, January 28th, we're hosting our first event of the year here in Dallas. Going to be partnering up with our guys, Cuff and Mo from the Vision Vision Lab Lab podcast. Podcast. Shout out to them. Uh, Host the Financial Symposium. What we're going to be doing, we're going to have eight different speakers on different topics. I'm um, going to feature, they're going to have little small session where they give you some information and then we're going to go into breakouts so that you can get your specific questions answered regarding topics around um, business structure, credit, life insurance, real um, estate, real estate, um, education planning. So it's going to just be a good way to get your year started off. We kick starting 2023 off. Like Jalen said, it's going to be a big year. Best year yet. So yes, if y'all want to join us, y'all in Dallas, you're not in Dallas, you want to pull up. We didn't have people pull up from further. Yeah. Saturday, up. January 28th at Blowing Smoke Cigar Lounge. You can get your tickets in the show notes. We look forward to seeing you there. I want to see y'all there. Pull up on me. How that little boss? <laughs> pull, pull up on me. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see y'all. Yeah, y'all This is going to be a great way to start off the year again, uh, being around people who are motivated and really yeah. just figuring out how to plan out how you can be successful for the rest of 2023. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, on that note, y'all, until next time, my wealth builders, this is BWR signing out. Peace. Deuces.
If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.